Would you please turn with me this morning in your Bibles to Psalm Division 104. Psalms 104, please. Let's begin reading at verse 31. Psalm 104, verse 31. The glory of the Lord shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. He looketh on the earth and it trembleth. He toucheth the hills and they smoke. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless thou the Lord, O my soul. Praise ye the Lord. I want to talk to you this morning of a subject I've entitled, Hope, Sweet Hope. Uh, May the Lord bless us and certainly pray for me as I endeavor to deal with a series I've entitled The Sweet By and By. The Sweet By and By. Um, What a beautiful hymn we sung, The Sweet By and By. That hymn, the history of it was was made by a man that wrote a lot of hymns but was very subject to depression and to despair. And uh, he looked very gloomy one day and his partner who did the music for his songwriting or did the writing and this guy did the music said, I got something to tell you. And he began to write that hymn, The Sweet By and By. What we need to be mindful of is that we need to have the end in view in our lives as Christians, okay? There is so much bitterness and hatred and turmoil in this world. And the reason for that, I believe, is we're too focused on our circumstances. And the psalmist reminds us, God, one of the most profound truths that we need to be reminded of is that Jesus is alive. We need to be reminded that God is in charge. We need to be reminded that he will never, he'll, His love will never leave us nor forsake us. And we need to think about that much more. My meditation, the psalmist says, of Him shall be sweet. You know, the Bible is true when it says, as a man or a woman thinketh, so they are. What you think about has a lot to do with your perspective of things, your your attitudes. We don't need to be a bunch of sour uh, uh, folks walking around with gloom and doom. And I'm not talking about just waiting till things get right. They are right now. Jesus Christ is alive. He died on the cross. He paid our sin debt. Now, if we're going to pout and we're going to be, be uh, timid about praising God, then, then we need to ask God to forgive us and give us a kickstart and restart us and rejoicing in God. What we need to do is stir up some God in the problems that we have to deal with. Because God will sweeten every part of your life. 
even in your despair. There is a delight in despair that brings us to understand that even when we're hurting and when we've lost all and disappointment and, and everything around us seems to be wrong, you know what? We can still have sweet joy. We have hope. Don't you ever let that go away. You keep kicking in that hope because that's what God has given it to you for. He has told us to walk by faith and not by sight. Hope and faith are just like sisters. We got to look and with things we can't see. We got to do things we don't feel like doing. We got to be people we don't think we're worthy of being because that's what God has made us. So may God help us to see it and I pray that he would help us today find the sweetness of hope in our lives. We need it so desperately, we do. This Psalm 104 is really kind of a, another view of Genesis, the creation. I don't have time to go over it all, but it has a lot to do with God's providence, his sovereignty in creating and, and how the glory of God is manifested in that. And I pray that God would help us see that as we bless him. I want to try to say three things here. I want to say, first of all, I said it already, that we need to know that Jesus is alive. I know that is so simple. You're probably saying, preacher, you think I don't know that Jesus is alive? Well, if you don't have sweetness in your life, you must not. I mean, that's just pure and simple. That is a simple truth, but we need to remind it of the simple things. You know, a football team makes a lot of uh, situations in life and miscues and whatever, but the basics is fundamentals are this is the ball. The ball is that Jesus is alive. He ever lives to make intercession for us. He hears us right now. I pray that he's pleased with our worship service. So I want to try to say that. So when we see hope, sweet hope, we're going to see that Jesus is alive. The number two thing I want to say is that, that we're going to have to find joy in God. If we're going to have sweet hope, we're going to have to have joy in God and get away from our selfish attitude that we've got to get our way. And don't tell me you don't want it because that's how I know because we are all got it. We're born little babies. The first word a little baby says is mine. So it comes naturally. It comes because of the fall of Adam. We are so selfish. I know that I am. And I pray that God will forgive us all because we're not going to have any sweetness in our life if all we're going to do is complain and blame our situation in our world and our life on President Biden or President Trump or anybody in between. What we got to understand is we got to look at God. We're going to have to find our joy in God even if he takes everything away from us. Even if we have COVID, even if we lose our families, our lives, our health, God, you see, has not promised us that we'll have everything we want. He has not promised us that we'll have the smoothness of life, but he's promised us we can have hope and it's going to be sweet. The thing is, we'll never have it, the sweetness of it, until we have some bitterness. If you don't understand how bitter your sins are, if you think you're trying to get good enough, if you're trying to think about somebody else that you think's worse than you, then you won't understand the sweetness of what Jesus has done for you on the cross. So we think about that. And then lastly, I just want to say, just think of it. 
I want you to meditate with me. We have so much reason to have sweetness and hope in our life. And hope is sweet. What we need to understand is we need to be stirred up to see that sweetness of our hope in our life. The Bible tells us in Ephesians that's an anchor of the soul. You need an anchor because there's storms in your life, okay? You know, you put sugar in tea or lemonade or most any drink, you got to stir it up. God has put sweet hope in your heart. He did that when he saved you by his grace. And sometimes the trials and situations in our life are only to stir the hope up. Sometimes the God stretches our heart with trials so they get a hold more blessings. Oh, sweet hope. May we resonate with that because you know what? It's just a blessing to see the hope in your eyes, the sweetness of God's people. And when God puts that Holy Spirit in your life, there's a glow there, you know? And so we see that, and that's hope. Even in hopelessness, there's hope, and it's so sweet. So let's look at three of these three points briefly as we think about it together. Number one is Jesus is alive. Turn with you to Matthew 17, the New Testament, Matthew 17, Gospel of Matthew there was a, a, I'm going to look at a few verses, not going to read them all, beginning at verse 14. Here's, here's what the deal was. Here's a father that had a son that was a lunatic, the Bible said. The guy's crazy. The guy is out of his mind. I mean, he's wallowing around in himself, uh, slobbering all over himself, cutting himself. The disciples pray for him. They can't do a thing about it. I mean, that's how we are all without grace. The ins and out of lives. So what do you do in your life when you can't get to where you want to be? When you can't find that peace? What about your loved ones? When your loved ones are on the street away from God, doesn't mean you don't love them, but what are you going to do? Well, that's what these disciples were. They were in a desperate case. And that's when we need to know that we need hope. And you can't have hope if you don't have Jesus. Because Jesus is hope. And so they, they come and they brought him, in verse 16, and I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. And then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? And listen to these five words, bring him hither to me. Jesus says, I tell you what to do, you bring him to me. You know what we're going to do if we're going to have hope? We're going to have to bring it to Jesus. Have you took your problems to Jesus? I mean directly to him. Why? Because he's alive. The same Jesus that heals this guy, that rose from the dead, is alive today. I'm going to tell you, we need to see that he's alive. The tomb is empty. Do not go to the graveyard looking for Jesus. He is not there. Jesus is alive, and by his resurrected power, there is hope in how sweet it is. Some of you are old enough to remember Jackie Gleason. I just vaguely do, but you know, didn't he say how sweet it is? What that means is, man, whatever situation, come on, how sweet it is. This is a good thing. This is, this is a good feeling. And if the gospel is not a good feeling to you, then you have not been saved by God's grace yet. 
What God's grace does is brings us to the revelation that we are sinners and we need Jesus. And there's nothing that Jesus can't do. There's no loved one that's running away from God that's in uh, pornography, uh, gay or alcohol or drugs or health problem. Bring them to Jesus. That is hope, my friends. And that's what he says. Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that hour. You know what the real reality is? We're all the children of the devil until God gets rid of the devil. We're either children of wrath or we're children of the devil. And what God has done for you in transforming your life, he's bringing you out of your lunatic love for this world and bringing you to understand that Jesus has changed your heart. And so this world will never feed you anymore. I mean, don't ever fulfill you. The lust of the eyes, the pride of life is going to be there. But Jesus is the hope. Turn with me back in the Old Testament with you to Exodus chapter 15. Here we have the wilderness experience. Here's an illustration vividly of the sweet by and by where hope is there and so sweet. He says, the children of Israel are coming out of bondage. God brought them through the Red Sea. And they get to a place They're going to the promised land, who, by the way, God says is sweet, land of milk and honey. Do you know that God has called your prayers sweet savor? So there's a lot of sweetness we can deal with when we think about, oh God, sweet hope. Give me that sweet hope. That's what a prayer is. So here comes Israel out of of the Red Sea, which, by the way, is a figure of the the death and burial resurrection resurrection of Christ who as believers we're with them according to Romans 6 we were buried with him we rose again so they come out of, of that bondage and they come out into a place called a wilderness and that's what happened when God saves you by his grace this world is nothing more than a wilderness that's why we can be so bitter that's why we need to be sweet, sweetened because see there's sort of three phases I believe to life And it's illustrated right here. Number one is there's the honeymoon, so to speak. There's that first beginning of your love for Jesus. Oh, how sweet it is. It's just like a couple that takes those vows and they're just looking at each other with love and and joy and sweet and everybody's sweet. And but then the wilderness comes. The marriage life comes. And everything's not so hunky-dory. We can't live by emotions. And so we got to understand that there's a wilderness coming. God's people are coming through the wilderness. And they're coming there because God leads them there. And the wilderness that you and I are going through is God's leading you. I want you to understand something with me. Keeping God's commandments has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with your salvation. You hear me? These people had God's commandments not to be saved, but because they were. Now, I'm going to tell you where obeying God has a lot to do with. It has a lot to do with your sweetness. It has a lot to do with your joy. Because it has everything to do with your fellowship with God. And if we in our world today, as smart as we think we are, or think we're going to be bigger than God, if we're not going to get back to this word, because this book is nothing but hope, 
This is hope, sweet hope. 800,000 words of it. 66 books of it. All inspired from heaven. That's what this Bible is. And we need to sweeten it. We need to make sure it's what sweetens our life. Are you reading God's Word? Are you meditating on it? Not just calling words. So they get here and it's so, it's so uh, bitter. They come and they get to the water in verse 23. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses saying, what shall we drink? We're good at murmuring and complaining. We're not very good at doing anything about it. And the reason is we're not very good at resonating with hope and the sweetness that we have in God. And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and an ordinance, and there he proved them. See, God has to show us the tree. The tree is Jesus on the cross. The apostle Peter manifested that when he talked about he was, our ordinance of God were nailed on a tree. Jesus died on a tree for you and me. And I did not say that so it would rhyme. I said that so we can see the sweet hope that the cross gives us. Because all of your sins were paid for. Every one of them. Now you can let uh, Satan fool around with your life if you want to. I'm going to tell you, he doesn't like this hope. He don't want anything sweet about you. And you've got to know this, he has a lot, of, uh, a lot to do in a small amount of time. He will do everything to upset God's card of hope. And he's pretty doggone good at it. He sure is. But he showed him a tree. My friends, you've got to look at Jesus, just Jesus. He's alive. And I promise you, whatever you're going through, you put Jesus right there and he will sweeten it. Your circumstances may not change right now. They may not. But there's a sweet by and by. You can count on it. So we see there's just Jesus. Secondly, I want you to see with me that when we think of hope, sweet hope, we got to have it in joy in God. Turn with me uh, to the prophet uh, Habakkuk, please. Chapter 3, I want to show you a couple verses there that God might use to help us this morning. It's a prayer, Habakkuk's praying. Habakkuk chapter 3, let's look at verse 17. We're talking about hope, sweet hope. But we're talking about joy in God. How are we going to get hope when things go wrong? When things appear wrong? When we're living in a world like we're living in where everything seems to be upside down? But we got to have hope, sweet hope, and we do. Here's what Habakkuk said, verse 17. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Here it is, in a, in a gospel nutshell. The sweet by and by is expressed vividly in two words, although and yet. Now, are you serving God on an if basis 
or a though basis? Are you going to be hopeful? Are you going to have sweetness in your life just if things work out like you think they should? Can you deal with situations in your life when you have absolutely nothing? When it seems like God doesn't bless you one bit? I want you to know this. God sends sufferings to both God's people and God's unregenerate people. And there's twofold reasons for it. One is to, to purge to his people to manifest his faith and glory and the other is to judge and destroy. That's either one or the other. But just because we're believers doesn't mean we don't have to deal with problems. God sent again those people to Israel. I mean of Israel into the wilderness. We are in a wilderness. Do not expect politics do not expect psychology or finances or eschatology, the end times view, or any of those things to, to bring you hope. The hope that you've got to have is finding your joy in God. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter if you're in a nursing home or hospice or you don't have anything. When you really are close to God, like Habakkuk was, it doesn't matter, my friends. You're going to have hope and sweetness hope. Some of the most vivid illustrations of the witnesses of God's people, some of you of which are like this, have been when you have lost everything and you're hurting, you're lost a loved one and a whatever, but those moments are the sweetest moments of life. I'm going to tell you, you can take two pictures and you can make a house scene out of one of them and just a, a Imagine with me, this is a dreary winter day and the trees don't have any leaves and the flowers are not blooming and the grass is nothing but brown and the, the road is bare and you look at that house and the windows are dark and you say, man, that's a cold place. A lot of people's lives are like that. Do not let people fool you. Every, behind every door, there's a lot of hurt. Doesn't matter how much money you got. Doesn't matter what color your skin is. Doesn't matter who you know. I'm going to tell you, that's how it is in this world, okay? But then you take another house, and it's the same scene, the same winter scene, the same dismal scene. The only difference is in one of those windows, you put a spot of yellow. You spot a, something glowing. What is it going to do? It's going to change the whole perspective. You build a fire in your house on a cold winter when we used to do things like that. The problem, I think, now with hope and we lost it, we expect the church to do it. We expect somebody else to do it. There was a day, I remember growing up, when I had to get up and build a fire. I did that when Penny and I were married for a while. It was a cold, but you did it. But it changed everything. Sometimes, you and I are going to have to get up and build a fire. I remember my daddy, when I was growing up, my job was getting up wood. And I remember I was supposed to do it early. I'd get it ahead of time. I remember one day, one day I fooled around, playing basketball or something, hunting or fishing. And I remember uh, I didn't get the wood up. And my daddy come up to me and said, Randy, did you get the wood up? It was starting to rain outside, January. I said, no, I hadn't got it yet. And he said, well, you need to get it. We're going to need some wood. And I said, well, it's a mistake. One of the biggest ones of my life. I said, well, Daddy, it's, it's too cold. 
get the wood up. My daddy said, son, that axe has a heater in it. And he was right. You know the problem that we have in the world today, we want to complain about things, we don't sit around there, we don't have any hope, and Jesus is alive. I mean, what kind of testimony is that? What we need to say is get our acts. We get to get our acts together, but we need to get our acts and, and get at the sword of God's word, and we start, you know what, we need, to, we need to start cutting. We need to start working. We need to start asking God to bless us and help us and to get warmed up in what God has called us to do. What he's called us to do is to exhibit sweet hope. Why do you think he give you hope? He wants you to give it to somebody else. He don't give you a blessing just to pile up somewhere. See how big a blessing of hope you got, how big a pile of hope you got. No, because I need to see you. You, you know what you're doing to me tonight? I have hope when I see folks like you. I mean, it's sweet. Habakkuk says, although I don't have nothing, although everything's wrong, you ever felt like that? Although I hurt. Although I've lost. But there's a yet. That's the sweet by and by. Yet, he says, I will rejoice. Why? <laughs> because his joy is in God. Just the bare God. That is faith, my friends. That is the meditations that I want us to think about right now. May the Lord bless us to see that. I don't have anything but God. Well, that's enough. That is enough. Well, you know, I, I, time goes by so fast when you're talking about hope. It's because it's so sweet. But I just want you to think of it. Before you go today, I want you to think that God's promises are true, but more than that, the promiser is alive. I want you to know that nothing can separate the love of God and you. Romans 8 tells us that nothing, absolutely nothing. So my friends, what do we, we do dismal about? I mean, we have hope in the sweet by and by. And God will bless us. And God will be with us. And God will use our brokenness to kindle hope in ways we can't imagine. He will. He'll do it. I'm going to tell you this. There's no, nothing that's beyond God's reach. You can't get out of God's love even in heaven. But always keep in mind, where we're in this world, there's going, to be an, there's going to be a platform for you and me to know that we're going to have to have sweet hope. We're going to have to have hope in how sweet it is. And it'll never come any sweeter than when you felt the bitterness of loss and brokenness and hurt. And I've said this before, and I don't understand the paradox of being a Christian, but I do know this. It is a situation, it is a circumstance in a, in a spiritual form where, where we, we just feel so unworthy and so out of ourselves and so broken. And yet we feel so confident in God and so there's joy, there's hope there in the midst of our troubles and our pain. I mean, you can't stifle what God's Spirit is doing in your heart. There's the hope. and There's the blessedness of being born again. And so David is saying in Psalms 104 to meditate on it. You think about it. 
Christianity is a thinking religion. Don't let the news media mess up your head. You get, get, get with God. Don't, don't listen to yourself. You preach to yourself. David said in another psalm, he says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Hope thou in God. That is it. Sweet hope. The birds remind us of that, no matter what the season of the year. May the Lord bless us to see the sweetness of hope and that sweet by and by. See, because we're living with our perspective, with the end in view. That's what makes hope sweet. You see, God created a caterpillar in nature to become a butterfly. Right, Brother Rodney? That caterpillar is how every one of us are before we're transformed. And we see the sweet, because that caterpillar will eat anything. But it's when it gets in that cocoon, and that butterfly comes, you see, that is the destination of God's salvation. And that is the reason that hope is so sweet. See, we're a work in progress. Don't give up on that loved one, on yourself. Don't think God doesn't like you, love you. <laughs> but please know, for hope to be sweet, it's got to be some hurts. And always remember, God will hurt you, but he'll never, ever harm you. May the Lord bless you. Brother Kai.